Talking loud like he trying to preach. He took two shots, don't do no chase. Then he said, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking too much space. Thought about it, what you wish for? Is it all that it seems? What if I just said, fuck it, never follow my dreams? Never made me to a role model for all of these teens. My hero asked if we wonder what it all really means. What's up, man? What's up, man? Boom. Oh, fuck. I had to pull this up. <laughs> Kick it off right with sharing that screen, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1,400? Not bad, man. 25 hours, wow. That's what I'm saying. Then we can do that again, huh? Oh, we got to beat it, of course. That's what I'm saying. All right. How you doing? Man, so so good. Got a lot of stuff going on. Got the baby. Got business. Uh, nice. Two advisors in January, and hoping to repeat again in, in February. Hell yeah, so, man! So how's it been? I guess that's how. What's what's new since the last time we had you on? I mean, I think what how, what day was that? Like, let me. That was. Let me pull it back up. Posted on. Damn, dude, that was May twenty fourth of twenty twenty. Yeah, so almost a year ago. That's insane. My team's probably doubled in size since that last time. Um, we had a record breaking year for the office, even with everything going on. Nice. Um, so that was huge. We recruited a lot of people. Um, helped a lot of people, man. Like, even with everything going on, I know there's a lot of our clients that still had, like, and, I, you know, this is not typical even, man, I'll say it, but, like, 20 to 30% returns. Like, and they're pretty, you know, and they're they're a little older, too, so they're a little more conservative. So, people yeah. that were a little more aggressive, I mean, definitely, I mean, we've seen some people make 50% returns last year, so. It's insane. Um, do you, uh, you get in on GameStop? Dude, I'm watching it as we speak. Like, <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Dude, it's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's interesting. I know it's not done yet, but... Yeah. Um, yeah so what, do think, some... what do you think that's going to do? Sorry to cut you there, but what do you think that's going to do to like the future of kind of Robinhood type trading and stuff? Like, I know there's obviously other platforms like Weeble. Um, shout out, they sponsor some of this. But like, you know, there's other platforms that work. But, like, what do you think just having a community of people that anybody, you know, a low barrier to entry that people can kind of get together does to, you know? Um, I think it's just going to make sure that the people that are on the opposite side, right, the market makers, kind of like the bet that they made, it's they're just going to be, make sh- you know, make sure that they're not overexposed. Like, yeah. It just almost seems like they knew too much that that stock was going to fail and they overbetted and just, I mean, they got caught with their pants down and yeah. lost a lot of money. So That's crazy. Well, um, like we talked about on the phone, I know last time we talked more about uh, kind of like sales training and stuff like that, like advice to new people. But I kind of wanted, uh, me and Matthew did one last week and it, it turned out really good. So I kind of wanted to kind of restart and go back to how you got into um, working with New York Life and just where you're at and kind of the process that got you there and maybe share some advice along the way that helped you out. Just kind of, you know, share your story. 
Yeah, yeah. So I'll give you hopefully a real quick breakdown. But uh, yeah. just prior prior to school, you know, I went to school for marketing, so that's my background. Um, I Where'd you guys went? What's that? You went to Texas State, right? I went to no, I went to actually UTSA for a little bit. I went to the American College while I was in the Navy, so I did that right. Um, but when I when I went with, with a small marketing firm, my buddy. One of my other buddies told me, hey, come check out this marketing job. I think it's a sales job. I think you'll do real good. And my first month, I ended up making like over $10,000 like as a 23-year-old guy. Wow. You know, you know, and sometimes it may, maybe it was a fluke. Uh, next month, we I did even better. Like, yeah. And the following month, I did even better. So I'm like, okay, I'm hoping to go to school to potentially make thirty to 40000 And this is back, you know, definitely a little bit, uh, you know, over 10 years ago. Um, and it just made me realize kind of like, all right, well, what am I really trying to achieve? And so I really had a passion for talking to people, you know, working with, you know, people and just kind of getting out there and, and marketing. Um, so I did very well there, got promoted. Um, I got promoted all the way to a role where I was the vice president of a sales organization where at one time we were managing 12 different sales teams throughout the United States that were doing on average 50 to a quarter million dollars in sales every single week. Jeez. It was insane. Like, we were blessed. This was, uh, what, like, I think... And one more time, what, what kind of sales was this again? This was timeshare sales. So I'm vacation sure. marketing, we would market to them all around the United States. And my role was the VP of marketing, so we would book all these appointments for them, right? And they'd go in and sell them. I mean, we had some of the best salespeople, like Matt, like who you interviewed. He was one of okay. the salespeople. That's what I was going to ask if y'all, if that's how you guys got to know each other was through working there. Well, I mean, we've uh, we've known each other probably since high school, but we, we okay. work really well together. And typically, when you make a lot of money together, you kind of stay friends with some of those people. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> Not a bad idea at all. <laughs> um, so we've basically we did really well, but this is it, it turned sour. So we were rocking and rolling. I had this marketing machine on on wheels, man. I, I seriously, I was three to four days out of the week. I was working. One day I was on the golf course every week. Yeah. It's like you name it, the golf courses, I was actually pretty good. And then I was driving my little white Mercedes at that time and it was just really good. Yeah. Um, something out of our control was we lost, we would sell all of our loans, right? And bundle them up and sell them off to Lloyd's of London in, in England, um, in, in Europe. And what happened is there was a financial crisis back in 2012, which shut all of them off. Next day, within a day, they cut us all off of our financing. So nobody would buy the paper. So we would have all this financing where we couldn't get any money, right? To generate and travel and yeah. buy more, more notes and stuff like that. So we got to a point where about six months down the road, I ended up getting a pretty big layoff, a little severance, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but something out of my control that I couldn't even do, even when I was performing at the greatest, um, you know, for the team, like I got laid off. Dang. Well, that's, yeah, that'll, I don't know. I've seen that too. Like, that's kind of what I do love about uh, now, I guess, working for myself is it is a lot more stressful, you know, like it's, it's harder to kind of wear every hat all the time and still do sales and kind of keep good temperament when there's more responsibility. But that's what I noticed working up at like Jeep and at um, other insurance. I worked for a state farm and it's like, they just, 
you know, I feel like I have my style of working somewhere and doing a certain thing. And it's like, if you're looking for these roles, I'll do it better than a lot of people in that thing. But um, when times are hard, times are hard. And it's like, they spare, it's like, they'll spare nobody, you know? So I was, uh, COVID happened whenever at the end of like, I left Jeep right before COVID happened up in Colorado. And as soon as I left, it's like, they, they let go of everybody. And it was like, you know, it's just at least knowing with, um, you know, being self-employed with real estate and same with you. And like, it's, it's like, well, at the end of the day, it's like, at least I know these people are still going to need to buy these things and I can still get it to them. And I don't have to be employed by somebody in order to make the money. But that's something that I've kind of clicked with me a little more recent. <laughs> no, I mean, that's exactly my mindset, right? Like I got burned once and I was like, I am never going to put myself in that position again, where like something out of my control, something that, I didn't do that was going to impact like me, my family. I mean, I think you can turn my kids downstairs. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that, that was something where that was kind of the transition, right? So not yeah. only did I already, you know, I, I was love, I loved like Bitcoin already back then. I had already started looking into it and, uh, you know, I remember you telling me about Bitcoin, like the mining machine, and that was in 2017. And I'm like, damn, I wish I should have listened to you. <laughs> So, so I've always been interested in like how money works, how it grows, how to, you know, going back to like compounding interest, like that's always been interesting from when I was like, I don't know, like eight, nine years old. So yeah, apparently I've always kind of been interested in money. Um, so it was I, when I got introduced to the industry and really, you know, it says life insurance on the outside in New York life, right? But when you find out what it really is, it's like comprehensive financial planning. Right. So all stocks, investments, business planning, personal planning, retirements, like tax deductions, write-offs, like those are all the things that I do daily. And that's, I guess, what, you know, from someone like me, I mean, I, I enjoy it. Like I love the math. I love the, the, the money part. So it's, um, you know, allowed me to kind of bring in things that I enjoy, make sure I was in an industry that truly I feel, I think kind of like housing and real estate like you um, is in a recession proof industry. And I really, and that's tough to say, okay? Because yeah. if you look back at even 2020, like these were record numbers for insurance and investments. If you look back at like 08, those were even some of the like biggest years that New York Life had at that time. And even back in 01, right? So when people typically, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market, they, they typically go to where there's strength or where they know they can get some certainty. Yeah, so we've had a lot of interesting years. Uh, well, one thing I think that's interesting that I kind of thought of when you were saying that is like, what's cool about working in um, kind of in both of what we do is when you say recession proof, what really that kind of was says to me is like, when you're coming into this, there's no, there's not really too much of a barrier to entry to get into real estate or to get into life insurance. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, there are you do have to take the tests and the courses and. But, you know, if you really apply yourself and do it, it's no different than going to school or going to like you could most people could probably get in to do it. You know, um, doing well is different once you do. But the, what's interesting about it to me is like once you get in and you start working with clients, it's like what you start to understand is the clients that you really do want to work with aren't going to be the type of people that are going to be hurting when times are hard. They're the type of people that do think down the road and save money and invest their money. And it's kind of cool to, you know, learn and start to grow in an industry and then also pick those kind of skills up from certain clients and those, you know, tiers that, you know, you're trying to get into because it's like you're kind of hitting a bunch of different good things at once and while you're learning. So 
that was kind of just what came to mind. No, and I think you're totally right. You know, what we're selling probably changes through the years, but we have a lot of different products depending on retirement or, you know, investments. Um, But one interesting thing I think you mentioned is having like certain type of clients that are maybe like planners, which are, which helps, but what we identified, you know, in March, April, when like kind of the stock market took like a really big crunch, right. we, instead of telling people, hey, cash out or move, we actually asked more people to bring us money and we invested so much at the bottom, which kind of where I was talking about, where some of our clients have had some really- For somebody that knows absolutely nothing about investing money, why did y'all tell your clients to put more in when it was down? Let me ask you this, right? So when it was up at 25,000, right? Like everybody sees an inherent value of it, right? Yeah. Okay, but then when it immediately drops, you know, 50%, I think it was like 40% over a week. I think something, so let's just say 50%, right? Right. And the inherent value of it is still up here. Think about it. It's almost like a discount, right? You're getting everything on sale for 50%, right? A week before, right? A month before, you're willing to pay twice as much. But now, when it's at a discount, you're too scared to buy some? Well, no, this is the other part. We don't strategically just tell everybody, hey, put all your money in investments. We, We know... We'll take certain profits. We'll have some on the sidelines ready to invest for times like this. Yeah. So it's so, a strategic method in terms of how we invest. And I'm securities licensed um, as yeah. well. And it's not always, I guess, I guess too, um, how do you identify it as a discount and not a, like in a company, right? Because obviously not all, of, not everyone that goes down is going to come back up. But what is it in them that lets you see, like, what do you, what helps you see a good company in it? I guess it has the potential to bounce back. Is there anything that you look for? I think there's a few things that we look for. Um, I mean, we can definitely sit down, Weston, and. Uh, oh no, no, if it, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, but I was gonna say, like personally, for me, I read one book I read that has like a, philo- a philosophy that I applied to a lot of things. It was, uh, I think it was One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch, and he talks about just the branding and you know, like companies with a brand, like Walt Disney or Starbucks, or you know, if it's if it's a company that you're going to be that you're in the real world seeing a lot it's probably something that you should invest in like if it's kind of starting to you know but that's one i'm just i was just curious if y'all had like one or two little things that yeah i'll give you a couple tidbits so number one thing that i really like is cyclical like there are certain things that are very cyclical right we're 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 creatures of habit so if there's certain things that we can time or i'm a big historian i love history like if we can go back even 10 20 30 years and identify certain trends like well you know what why can't we why is that that not gonna happen again right right so then we can put certain like patterns certain cyclicals um and then the other part is just doing your research all of this stuff is is public information and that's where we go in we look at all the different statistics who's undervalued if there's any stocks out there that we feel are undervalued as well um, we've identified that and, and not saying that we've hit a home run on everything but over time like consistently having winners that's what matters right instead of you know and even even people i had so many people talk to me on this GameStop on friday you know over the week and i'm like you missed the boat like if you did not already get in you missed the yeah. boat look for the next one it might be a little while but you missed the boat and i mean we kind of already see how that's panned out and it's tuesday i mean i think there'll still be some more volatility but um you know it, it's just kind of like where we're able to kind of give that extra insight cool well um i know i know at some point i definitely came in and like distracted from the main story so I forget where exactly we left off, but you're more welcome to kind of keep going on how you got into, you know, New York life and everything. 
Yeah, so I mean, just kind of long story short, it was a couple different roles, moved into New York Life because I wanted to find a company that I didn't, that I could control, right? Where it allows me to run my own business. So I'm in business for myself, but not by myself. It allows me to partner up where even all these times, right? If I, um, you know, want to take a week off, spend some time with the family, it allows me to do that and really navigate that. So yeah, I was kind of like you, I wanted to take it in my own control. And Did you ever struggle with, uh, like when you, I don't know, being able to take the week off and then like, I don't know, cause it, I think at first going in, it sounds good. But then now when I take time off, I just feel extremely guilty. Like I should be working. Is that hard for you to at first to adapt to, or you still start like, do you kind of feel like you have to be doing something when you're not working or? Um, I love to work, but never. No, I mean, you gotta take the time off, but this is the thing, right? Like you feel, I, I know what you're talking about because at the very beginning of my career, I feel I didn't, like, I shouldn't take that week off. Yeah. But once I started putting certain systems in place, like maybe having assistance or having other, you know, other ways to still supplement my pipeline, right. it allowed me to take that time off. So, what were, what were those things that you found that? What do you mean? Like you said, um, this. How did you find the systems? I guess that helped you feel better about taking that time off. Number one, I just knew I could only be at one place at one time. And I I mean, I love traveling, so I'm not gonna not take my vacation. So yeah. I knew that was, that was non-negotiable, right? So if your end result, Weston, is non-negotiable, everything else that gets there has to be, okay? So then I said, all right, well, if I know I'm gonna go on my vacation, I need to either, right, get an assistant. So um, I, I love assistance, but at the same time too, you're gonna spend some time investing into training them. So you need to find the right one. Yeah. Um, the next thing too is if I know I'm going to go on vacation next week, well, you know what, Brandon, I'm going to have to double up the hours this week so that when I get back, I don't have to like have yeah. this lag. Right. Cause what I noticed was like, not only would it cost you a week, it would cost you almost two to three weeks because the lack of call time, the lack of appointments, the lack of them closing appointments that would come and that one week cost you a month. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed is like not preparing for it. If the, like they're just, they're just taking it off, and then I mean the one thing too that's super small that's helped me a lot was just just literally telling the clients that I'm working with that I'm not gonna be available at these at the time. You know, like because before it's like, well, I'll just hope no one hits me up, and if they do, I'll tell them I'll be back. And you know, but now it's like, I mean, that was early on. Now you know, it kind of clicked where it's like just tell them and then <laughs> we get back. You know, because another thing too is like you don't want to be working on. You don't be talking to clients on vacation, you know, you can avoid it, but. And then if you're not at the level to hire an assistant, have like another realtor, right? Or have another yeah. partner that's in the industry. I know I had a couple other uh, people that were also advisors with me, like developing. And when I was on vacation, I would give them their numbers. So they would still get service. They would get the answer, you know, any uh, questions answered. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, just also thinking outside the box because, you know, what we do is very much customer service related. And if you're not there, they're going to call the next guy. 100%. They will not wait for you. <laughs> no. no. So you got to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So and they with your mom too. Like that's the worst part. Yeah. Is there anything specific right now that you're like advising clients to do? Like any opportunities in your world that you see that you're telling people to hop on? Um, to give a generic answer would, would, not be right um, but as we sit down we go over their goals and concerns um, I think one ge one generic thing that everybody is talking about right now and affects everybody differently is taxes 
we know, right, regardless of what side you are on, that in 2026, the tax cuts end. The Trump tax cuts end in 2026. So don't, like, think, know that your taxes are going to go up in the future. Okay. It's already set in, in, in law right now. Right, so if you know how much is going, do you know that any? It depends on your tax bracket. We could definitely sit down and go over that. But depending on your tax bracket, some people might have a small, small deduction, but majority of them are going to go up. Yeah. Um, So real quick too, just for anybody watching, I'm gonna at the end of this, I'm gonna link your information. So if anybody needs help with that kind of stuff, they can reach out to you. But um, I'll we'll get that at the end. But yeah. No, appreciate that. Yeah. So definitely it's something that we're doing a lot of pre-planning, right? So if we can maybe start being uh, very proactive on those taxes and know they're going to come up in the future, what are some strategic things? And and not only on the personal side, but a lot of businesses, especially that they're going to be feeling this, this increases. I mean, like the corporate, I think is going from 21 to 28. So, I mean, that's affecting a lot of businesses that they understand that's uh, where's that money going to come from. So how do they start planning for it now? And is that going to hit, um, who's that going to hit harder? Like this, your average, just, you know, nine to five person or the self-employed, uh, you know, independent contractor. I think it's going to affect everybody, but, uh, uh, this is always what it comes down to. And, you know, the knowledge that I give out is always free. So to ever have a, you know, conversation that, that never, there's never cost there. Um, but I really feel it's going to hurt the people that are uneducated Hmm. because although they're shifting the taxes, they're also shifting a lot of the different tax breaks. So it's not that they're not going to have them there. There's just different ways that you're going to have to navigate them. So once again, it goes by people that have a hired the attorneys, have the lawyers, have the advisors, right? That have done already all the research. And so personally a lot of this advice most advisors are willing to sit down with you regardless of our company or any company they're willing to sit down with you and at least give you a consultation so it's better to kind of hear it out and it never hurts to meet with two to three people and kind of see who's the best fit right that's that's what helps so and for somebody that maybe does their research and gets prepared for it um how much would it affect like being prepared would it this new tax thing affect them you think like is it would it hurt them but if or can you prepare and be fine and not even notice it happen i mean i think there's strategic ways that we talk about tax diversification and we can go into that more maybe at right. another another meeting or something like that but there's ways to really be strategic and plan right well right. they're probably not going to be at this level forever i mean they'll potentially be you know uh, you know, a Republican or a Democrat, right, that comes in later that changes the tax plan. So mm-hmm. it's for this next maybe five, six, 10 years, 20 years, maybe potentially, we need a plan for that. But yeah, you're right. It could potentially change again. Cool. Um, trying to think, man. Is there, oh, there was, I guess there was, I don't know. One thing we never talked about and I was trying to figure out too, because I don't hardly really, I think I do remember kind of, we met, we met through Diane. Is that right? I was trying to think of how we originally met because I was going to have you tell the story from front to back, but I got I have too bad ADD, so I was <laughs> I got all over the place. But yeah, Diane, that's who it was. I was trying to figure out how we met. And then, are you still going? Like, um, are you still doing BNI? Um, I am not doing BNI, but the networking group that I met Diane in, 
I've actually now have uh, some of my top financial advisors and agents in that group. And it's funny, I actually met with Diane last week. So, oh, really? She's telling her. Yeah, she's doing Tell her I said what's up. <laughs> um, well, hey, man, is there anything you kind of want to throw in? I guess we'll kind of wrap it up here because I don't have any. I don't have anything left. But if you have something, I'll give you a little bit of mindset, right? Because <clears throat> I think everybody's got different roles and careers, but this past year has definitely been trying and telling. All right, so I can't. I can't uh, disagree with anybody. But what I do have to say is, it's definitely different, and but it's not harder. It's different, right? But you got to transition. So if you're not willing to evolve, right? And us as business owners, us as entrepreneurs, and, and just like leaders in general, we know one thing that is consistent, and it's change. So if we're not willing to adapt and evolve and, and grow with what's going on, we're going to be stuck left in 2020. And and this is the thing. So just keep your mind right. Number one, physically mentally you got to be in the right position number two is adapt and change don't stick to one thing try a lot of different things real quick before i forget this what do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back from adapting and changing themselves they're the biggest they're the biggest i mean and i, and I, I say it because i know i was my biggest uh barrier right so once you can overcome that mindset where there are no limits, anything that you put your mind to, having self-beliefs, affirmations, and surrounding yourself with positive people, truly anything is possible. Yeah, change your life, man. Change your life, thousand percent. Well, good deal, man. I'm gonna link all your stuff um, at the, you know, in the description. It'll be the first link. So uh, for anybody watching that either wants to get involved working with Brandon at New York Life, New York Life, if you're still taking people on. Um, reach out to them see how what kind of careers they have and two um let them let everyone know what services you you can help out with specifically if someone needs help with just no i appreciate that weston so yeah. we're, we're always looking for the right candidate so um, definitely for the right candidate we'll, we'll bring them on and, and train them and guide them but right now we do comprehensive planning so not only like protecting so the life insurance all the investments IRAs, 401ks, we can roll them over, put them in good places, depending on what you want to see. And we can be as aggressive to the moon, right? Like in GameStop or as conservative as putting them in, you know, some CDs uh, or maybe a little more aggressive than CDs. So, and we can help out with anything, but um, we're just a wealth of resource. I'd love to be a source of information. So whenever you're ready and uh, as always, Weston is the man. I mean, so Appreciate you always being a leader and uh, love looking forward to, uh, to what you got working on. So. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. So uh, we got to get this. This video has got to like at least double. We got to be at, at least 3,000 on this one. Hopefully. <laughs> keep keep okay, running them up, right. man. So. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and have a good rest of your week. All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Later, man. All right. Later. Guess I'm a constant work in progress, especially with certain topics. As I navigate the road less traveled, thread the needle, I just hope that I don't come unraveled. Yeah, like will I, will I follow up my last shit with a better one? Will I go out as a legend when it's said and done? Will they consider me a special one or just another rapper who had came and went, but fuck, at least I had a run? Dolo in the studio with candles lit I close my eyes and imagine it If you ain't in it, it's hard to fully understand this shit the way that